Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Good morning, saints. Today is Saturday. It is November the 12th of the year 2022. I am the host. I am the teacher. I am the president of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. Your one and only Dr. Kamala D. I hope this day truly finds you and your family well. And I want to uh, share this with you. I don't go by a script. I just move as the Holy Spirit tells me to move. I, I, I don't practice an introduction. That's why I may say something different each week. I just say what the Holy Spirit tells me to say. And I will tell you this. I hope this day finds you and your family well. I hope y'all are blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the weather in Louisiana is a little suspect. It was cold and rainy this morning when I left uh, my house to go to my older sister's house. And I was shocked because I didn't know it was going to rain. And then when I looked up the weather, yes, they mentioned that it was going to rain today. It's just that I didn't know about it. But with that said, we are embarking on, I think, episode four or five of a portion of the epic series. Dr. Frederick Casey Price Sr. started back in 1997. And he is moving toward the end of his entire series entitled Race, Religion, and Racism. Now, in this particular episode, and for those who don't know who are tuning in for the first time, I have been just randomly picking uh, excerpts from his series because I have the entire series. And with that said, let me share this. If anyone want to purchase the entire series, you can go to faithdome.org and click on the store and then type in race, religion, and racism. Uh, CDs and DVDs and the books will pop up. I have the books, the three books that came out first, and I purchased the uh, CDs um, maybe a couple of years after that. And um, I have a couple of DVDs. I didn't buy the whole set of the DVDs because I prefer to listen to the CDs. I can play them in my car. I can I can play them in the restroom. I can play them in my in my bedroom. And I'm in my media room with my um, setup, my audio and recording setup. But I will tell you, it is very enlightening and it is eye opening. And uh, most of all, it's Bible truth. And in this particular series, Dr. Price, he, he will share some scriptures that will verify the presence of black people in the Bible. And I'm not just talking about re regular black people. We are, we are talking about famous black people. And then he, he tracks the lineage of Abraham's wife, Keturah, back to the Cushites who were black who can be tracked all the way back to ham. And so uh, Bible truth, this is why uh, I named my ministry uh, learning Bible truth, because a lot of people don't know it. No, a lot of people don't know it because the tactics that Satan has been using over the years to deceive people and to uh, draw them away from the truth about Jesus Christ, which is in the Holy Bible and in the Holy Bible only uh, it's been working but not with God's chosen people. And when I say chosen, I'm talking about God's ordained, God's Holy Ghost filled ministers of the gospel. We can't be deceived, but I'm here to tell you, it, it, it hurts me and it breaks my heart to see uh, ministers today within the body of Christ uh, just 
teaching anything, saying anything to just make people shout and scream. And it has nothing to do with Christ. And they are constantly begging and asking for money. It doesn't matter what the sermon is. They will end it with you. You so into this, this uh, message and you won't find any of that in the Bible. Now, let me tell you this. God doesn't have a problem with you sowing into a ministry as long as the ministry is doing uh, what God wants them to do with the money, which is to help the poor, the people in the congregation first. So how many ministries that you know of are doing that? Every time the apostles uh, collected money, especially in the book of Acts, which is uh, when the church age began, the collection was for the poor. It was for the poor in the congregation. It was for the apostles to travel all over to spread the gospel, but it was never to make a pastor or an apostle or a bishop rich. Never. You won't find one scripture that you, we are to use the gospel to get rich. It's okay to sow into a ministry. It's okay. I receive uh, money via cash app. And let me tell you, if you guys listen to me on a regular basis, you guys know I don't ask you guys for money. If you want to sow into the ministry, that's fine. That's your choice. That's fine. And bless God's minister. That is fine. And I thank each and every one of you. Anybody who send me something via Cash App, I will thank them personally. I will send them an email. I will give them a shout out. But you don't see me. Or hear me begging people for money saying, so into this ministry, God is going to bless you. So right now, give me this, send this amount. Uh, uh If you send me $5, I'm good. You can send me $10, I'm good. So I don't want to uh, drag this on too long. I just wanted to make it clear that um, Dr. Price, and I thank God for him. He has gone on to be with the Lord. Absolutely. He is sleeping Jesus right now. Um, I thank God for him because he is the one that exposed all these false teachers in the body of Christ back in 1997. And when he did it, when he kicked that door in, a couple of other ministers uh, began to speak out as well. So he is getting ready to talk about uh, some black people in the Bible here and how uh, the myth of black people being cursed is just that a myth. You won't find that in the Bible, but uh, back in the day, in the slavery days, uh, white ministers tried to tell it to black people that they were cursed and that uh, they were inferior. That's not in the Bible, but yet they said it was, but it's not there. See, I thank God I can read and, and can read with comprehension and I'm detail oriented and I will research something all the way to the end. So uh, look. You guys sit back, relax, and, and listen to Bible truth. I'm teaching on the subject of race, religion, and racism. We are in the latter portion of the religion section, which is the last section that I will be teaching on. And uh, there are some ground rules for this series that I enunciated at the very beginning. And I want to continue to reemphasize that is that if after hearing this message, you should decide to write me a letter, either positive or negative, either in support or to denounce, whatever, know that you must have your full name and return mailing address on the letter or I personally will not read your letter. If I am led to read your letter, it is possible that I may be led to use it as an object lesson. Never ever to try to get back at anybody. I mean, just think about it. I'm in the position here. I'm the one on camera. Yeah, I could take the whole hour and just read letters, you know, if I just wanted to just go after folk. But I like to use things that are relative to what we're talking about to illustrate. So those are the ground rules. If you write me a letter, you have to have your full name mailing return mailing address on it or I will not read your letter now as I left off last time we were talking about the fact that Christianity as practiced here in the United States has been very Eurocentric in its presentation and uh, that means that everything about Christianity has been portrayed from a white perspective 
Now, again, for the benefit of our visitors that, that uh, have not been here before or perhaps have not heard the, uh, the broadcast before, uh, please don't be offended or take offense. I don't mean anything personal by what I say or the way I say things, but I just believe that this issue is so, um, so important to the body of Christ that it needs to be di uh, faced directly, that it doesn't need to, to, to come in behind the front back door, but rather right in the front door. And so I'm just a very direct person. Uh, my philosophy is that the, it might not be true, but my philosophy is that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And at least that's the way I see things, directly. I go right at it. And so when I use these terms, white, black, etc., it's nothing personal, but it's, these are facts. In America, Christianity has been portrayed and presented from a Eurocentric point of view. In other words, a white point of view. And uh, it, it, it has even been called by those of other ethnicities as the white man's religion. And as we pointed out in uh, the section on race and racism, uh, there are and have been whites that have said it. It is the white man's religion, and they're not, they're not willing to share it with anyone else, especially people of black color. Now, as I said when I was doing the research for this series, I came across certain literature that portrayed everything black, that everybody in the Bible was black. God was black, the dogs and cats were black, the birds that fly over the through the sky are black, the worms that burrow under the ground are black. Everybody, all the prophets were black. Abraham was black, Isaac was black, Jacob was black, everything like that. Now, I understand, I, I can understand that it, it's a reactionary or reaction to the Eurocentric point of view. But as far as I'm concerned, and as I said last time, I don't need a white Jesus and I don't need a black Jesus. I need a real Jesus. I really, it doesn't matter what color he is. Whoever has my redemption in their hand, whoever has my salvation in his hand, I don't really care what color the hand is. Just give me the salvation. Give me the redemption. I don't have a problem with it. But some people do. And in our country, in America, Christianity has been misrepresented and we're going to look at some things today not to show that everything was black but simply to show that there are many Bible characters that were black but they have never been given their just day in court if you would and both blacks and whites and all the rest of the ethnicities need to know this. And I, I harp out obviously on the black and white issue because in America that's really the big problem. That's the big thing has been this black and white thing. And the whites are superior and the blacks are inferior. We've gone all over that. But we need to find out from the Bible, not from the so-called purveyors of biblical knowledge because a lot of them are, were racially and ethnic prejudiced. And so consequently, everything they presented was from their own point of view. In fact, they presented Christianity as an exemplification of themselves. They made Christianity in their image, not in God's image. And so we need to correct the image, not to try to find everybody black. I'm not interested in that, but I'm, trying to find, I'm interested in finding out what was actually the facts so that people of color who have been saddled with a sense of inferiority and low self-esteem can have that burden lifted and those who have been saddled with the myth of white superiority can have that burden lifted because both of them are bad. It's bad to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. That's a biblical principle. That's bad. And of course it's bad to think lowly of yourself when God does not think lowly of you. Now, as I said last time, in closing... There are people that think, well, I don't need to hear this. I, I don't need this knowledge. All a lot of history, I don't need this. Well, I think God is smarter than you are. I know that comes to a, uh, as a blow to your ego, but I believe that God is smarter than you. And God would not have given me this message if you didn't need it. Now, just because you're too dumb to realize you need it, and I didn't mention anybody's name. So you don't know who I'm talking about, even though I'm talking about you. <laughs> but, but you really are. You're being scripturally and, and, and spiritually dumb to
to not know it because you, it's not just for you, but it's for you to be a channel of blessing to others. Just like I, I said, w w there are people I'll never reach. There are people that wouldn't walk across the street to hear Fred Price. I mean, I know that. I mean, I'm, I don't operate under no false delusions. Everybody can't handle me. Everybody doesn't like me. I'm not for everybody. I mean, I am, but they don't know it. But what I mean is everybody, they, they can't receive from me. And, and they wouldn't walk across the street to hear me. Well, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. It doesn't bother me in the least. But somebody needs to get to them. And maybe you can. But you can if you're not armed with the information that they need. Now, everybody doesn't need to know all of these things that we've been talking about. In other words, you may not need it, but people that the Father God would like to have you cross paths with will need it. But you can't give it to them if you don't have it. And like I said last time, we're so selfish. All we think about is me, myself, and I. I didn't get nothing out of the service. Well, if you didn't get anything out of the service, then it means you were either asleep or something because there should have been something you could have received so that you could go help somebody else. See, my job, my job is to give you information oriented in the Scripture and you are supposed to go to the highways and hedges. I'm not supposed to go to the highways and hedges. You are. See? But how can you if you don't have the information? And some people, they need this so they can see themselves in the right light so that they then can be open to receive the things that God has for them. But being crushed down and beaten down for so long with a sense of, of inferiority, a sense of low self-esteem, they can't even lift their eyes up to be able to see the hills from whence their strength comes. So you got to get them out of that first so that they're in position to receive the rest that God has for them. And you need this information so that you can tell them. And then a lot of you, you need it anyway. You don't think you do, but you do. Now, I told you last time as we close to turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Let's look at that. Look at one verse. As I've often said, you can't give what you don't have. You can't share what you don't know. So if you're not open to receive it, then you're not able to give it. I mean, if you stop and think about all of you, how many of you will work on a job every day? You have a, you have a regular job. Almost everybody. Some sort of job, business, profession. Just think in your mind for a minute, how many people... Your life touches in the course of a day. Now, some may be in, you know, like in a factory or somewhere you just, you in a conveyor belt or something like that. But many of us have jobs where we interface with other humans, I mean, all through the day, either via telephone or across the counter or whatever. And you don't realize that there are people out there that are dying for lack of knowledge. And so you've got to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. You've got to have information that, that can get their attention until you can get to them the real information that can change their lives. But when you have people that have been beaten down, they, they, they need to know that they're not an afterthought with God. They need to realize that we were, we were in the plan in the beginning. So we've been conditioned to think that we didn't count with God. That's a heavy burden to carry. And a person, and, and see, certain people wouldn't, they, they wouldn't know that because they never had to experience it, see. Now, here in Proverbs, it says in the 27th verse, it says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Now, there's a lot of ways that you can do good. Yes, you can give food. That's good. You can give clothing. That's good. You can give money. That's good. But you also can give knowledge. You can give information. So we have a responsibility to not withhold from those 
who may be in need of this kind of knowledge, this kind of truth. The church has got a real serious problem of racial and ethnic color prejudice. And it has to be straightened out. I've said this all the way through this whole series. And that's what this series is about, is to bring people to an awareness. I'm talking about black folk, white folk, red, brown, and yellow folk, to an awareness because if we don't do something about it, it can't be done. God is not going to do it. People are sitting around waiting for God to change things. God can't change anything. When I say can't, not that he doesn't have the power to, but God didn't break it, so God can't fix it. We broke it, so we have to fix it. God will help us, but if we don't do something, he doesn't have anything to help us do. Now, the fact that we as people of color are found in the Bible, to me, is good news. Because I'll tell you the truth, a part of my low self-esteem and myself, my inferiority complex that I carried for years was the fact that I didn't think that we counted for anything. And especially with God. Because everything I was exposed to in reference to Christianity was white-oriented. So I thought God was white, Jesus was white, the apostles were white, everybody was white. And we didn't count. And see, anything about black folk. Now see, I, don't, I can't be, con when I say concerned, I cannot have a, a strong desire for someone else's ethnicity. I have to have it for my own first. Okay? So I don't know what anybody else thinks. I don't know whether Asians have a challenge with Christianity in this way. You know what I mean? Asian Christians? I don't know. I don't know whether Hispanics have this kind of challenge. That, that, they got to deal with that. But I got to deal with me. And especially since there's been such a deliberate, planned conspiracy to keep me down and keep me in uninformed, then I've got to break out of that mold. I, got, I have to do that. So I, I began to seek, not to try to find everybody black. That's not going to change anything, and that's not going to fix me. But what I needed to know, are, are, you know, did God create us? Amen. I mean, are we in the plan somewhere? And is there something in there about us? And I found out there is. Amen. Oh, my Lord, there is. We're going to cover some stuff today. In fact, this is going to mess up some... Some folks' theology, there's going to be some real problems with this when I go through some of this. Now, it's not my purpose to show every instance in the Bible where blacks are mentioned. But believe it or not, I'm going to show you a representative few. Some of you didn't even know you were in here. And some whites, yellows, browns, and red didn't know we were in here. But we are. Turn to Genesis chapter 10. Whether you realize it or not, the first great leader, world leader, was a black man. The first great world leader was a black man. They didn't tell us that in school. Said all we did was pick cotton and swing from trees and bathe in the river. In essence. Alright, Genesis chapter 10. Now a lot of these names that I'm going to mention today, you've heard but you didn't hear them in this context. You thought they were somebody else. And then, of course, all of our movies that they make, they told us in the movies that it was the other way. That everybody was white, and they just lied to us. Absolutely, just downright lied. Because this information is not hidden information. In other words, it's not that it's not accessible. It's just that they deliberately kept it from us because they knew that if we ever found out about it, 
we're not going to take second-class citizenship any longer. I'm talking about in the church. Okay? Now, Genesis chapter 10, beginning with verse 6. It says, The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Septa, Reama, and Sabteca. And the sons of Reama were Sheba and Dedan. Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one on the earth. Now this was Ham's posterity. So if Ham was a black man and they told us he was, then Nimrod, his offspring, would undoubtedly be what he was. Alright, watch this verse 8. Cush begot Nimrod, he began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Notice, notice the words that God uses to describe him. It, it didn't say, now watch this. Didn't say Cush begot Nimrod. He was a hunter before the Lord. Said he was a mighty hunter. Could have just said he was a hunter and we would have known he wasn't a fisherman. But it said mighty. I like the way that God uses these words. All right, verse 9. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter. There it is again. The mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom. Oh, Lord, this was a black man who had a kingdom. Get that. The beginning, watch this now, of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalna in the land of Shinar. From that land he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ur, and Kala, and Resen between Nineveh and Kala, that is the principal city. This man was a city builder. This man was a mighty hunter. This man had a kingdom, and this man was a son of Ham. He was a black man. Now, I never heard that in any church that I was in before. I thought Nimrod was white. All right, let's go to Psalm 105. And this one... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Some folk are going to have a real problem with this one. Primarily the white part of the church. Again, please don't be offended. Don't take it personally. But they're the ones that started the superiority lie. But this is going to blow a big hole in it. Now in Psalm 105... <laughs> Psalm 105 <laughs> Verse 23 It says Israel also came into Egypt Verse 23, the 105th Psalm, the 23rd verse, Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob dwelt in the land of Ham. Ham had a land. Not, not he had land like you own a lot or you own a plot of ground. The whole land was called the land of Ham. And that was Egypt. Egypt was the land of Ham. And so if Egypt was the land of Ham, we could say that Egypt was the land of black. You didn't know that. They didn't tell us that. 
Look at this right here, right in the Bible. 23rd verse. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob dwelt. Jacob dwelt in the land of Ham. So he dwelt in the black land. Now, the queen of Sheba came out of Sheba. She was a Cushite, which means black. Let's go to Genesis, back to Genesis chapter 10 again. Years ago, before I, the Lord gave me this assignment to do this series, I didn't pay much attention to the genealogies in the Bible. In fact, I thought it was a bunch of superfluous, wasted page, pages and letters. I mean, so-and-so begot, so-and-so begot, so-and-so begot. I mean, some of you drive you up the wall with so-and-so begot, you know. And I never paid that much attention to it. Didn't know I was in there. Didn't know that we were all in there. Didn't realize that God put that in there. And if we had looked at it, if the church had looked at it, there would have never been any white superiority and there would have never been any black inferiority. But people lazy, people are lazy and wouldn't read it and wouldn't take the time to decipher what's in it. God did not put this in here for window dressing. It was so that you could locate yourself. So that you don't have to take anybody's word about who you are and who you're not. Alright, I said the queen of Sheba came out of Sheba. She was a Cushite. Black, in other words. According to Genesis chapter 10, look at verse 7. Or go back to verse 6 first. The sons of Ham were, what? Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. Verse 7, the sons of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Thepta, Reama, Sabteca, and the sons of Reama were Sheba and Dedan. Now, underline the word Sheba and Dedan because we're going to come back to those later that are going to absolutely be a revelation to you. Now, turn to 1 Chronicles Chapter 1. First book of Chronicles, chapter 1. See, the devil has been very clever. He kept us out of these books. Some folks don't even know what that is. Chronicle, what is that? First Chronicles. Chapter 1, page 352 in the ever-increasing faith study Bible. <clears throat> oh boy. First Chronicle chapter 1 and we get another view from the writer of Chronicles that corresponds to what we just read in Genesis. Through the writings of Moses. First Chronicle chapter 1, look at verse 9. The sons of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Reama, Sabteca. The sons of Reama were what? Sheba and Dedan. There it is again. Now Strong's defines the word Sheba as the names of three progenitors or of tribes and of an Ethiopian district called Sheba or Sabians. Ethiopia is in Africa and Ethiopians are black. The queen of Sheba was black. Now, we're really going to rock the boat. Genesis chapter 16. We're going to get down now to the area that really hamstrings certain people in the body of Christ. 
I touched on it before as we were going through the early part of the religion section, but we need to bring it up again. And that's this business of interracial marriage. Now, as I said before, I am not promoting it one way or the other. I don't personally care about it for me. I'm already married. But it, that has been one of the big stumbling blocks in the white church and in America in reference to black people. But we need to know that God approves of and condones interracial marriage. And he approves of blacks marrying others than blacks and others than black marrying blacks. Because that's been the big thing. And some people, they just, I mean, they just, they, they, they can't handle this. They don't mind you hanging around as long as there's no danger or possibility of you getting too close to some white. Now, in Genesis chapter 16, beginning with verse 1, it says, Now Sarah... Abraham's wife had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Now we just read it in Psalm that Jacob dwelt in the land of Ham. That's Egypt. So as I said, we could say the land of black. So if, if Sarah... Abraham's wife had an Egyptian maidservant. She probably was black because the Egyptians were black. Now watch this. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Verse 2. So Sarah said to Abraham, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please, say please. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. Verse 3. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to shack up with a while. Notice this now. Notice this. Verse 3, Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian. And you know, God is so, so smart and we're so dumb, really not to pick up on what God is doing and why he does what he does. Because notice that third verse. It could read like this, Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abraham. Why tell us she was an Egyptian? What difference does that make? To let us know she wasn't a Jew. I mean, we would have known that, that Hagar was Sarah's maid if it had said that Sarah took Hagar, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abram. Why tell us that she was Egyptian? What, what difference does that make? It didn't change her sex, did it? You know, but I tell you what it did. It located her ethnically and also located the fact that Almighty God doesn't have a problem with inter-ethnic marriages. Because she didn't shack up with Abraham or Abram, but Sarah gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. After Abram had dwelt, had given, or had dwelt rather, ten years in the land of Canaan. All right? Abraham then... Married an Egyptian. And Abraham wasn't an Egyptian. So that was an interracial marriage. And it didn't look like God 
had a problem with it because actually God could have hidden it from us so we would have never known it so we would have no reason to believe that we could legitimately do this. God should have hidden it from us. But he didn't. He exposed it, put it right out and open because he doesn't care because after all, there's only one race and that's the human race. Amen. And the Bible says, and we studied that before, that out of one blood, God made all men to dwell on the face of the earth. So it really doesn't matter. All blood can mix as long as it's, uh, you know, basically the same blood type. But all blood, all transfusions, can you can trans, transfuse black to white to red to brown to yellow to red as long as it, the type's the same. All blood, blood is blood is blood. I mean, one thing I haven't found, I don't think, I, don't, I haven't found no black blood banks and white blood banks and yellow blood banks and brown blood banks and red blood banks. Now, maybe I've never done this before. I might be wrong. Doctors, I, you can help me out because I don't mind being corrected. I like to be right, but, if, but I don't want to be wrong if I can be right. When they have, uh, they have blood banks, do hospitals have places where they have blood stored to use for transfusions, operations, etc., like that? Uh, do they have a black blood bank? I mean, do they have a place in there where all... It's all black blood, and then another one that has all yellow blood. And, you know, when I say yellow, all just white. In other words, Caucasian blood, Negro blood, Asian blood, Hispanic blood bank, where only the blood that goes into that bank is Hispanic and then Native American or red. You say what? No, it's all mixed. Excuse me. It's in the entire body of blood is mixed. Well, wait a minute. I... I, I Say that again. All of the blood is mixed. Wait a minute. Get, get started here, doctor. <laughs> Sorry about that, doc. It's all right. Be healed. It's okay. Didn't mean to start here. <laughs> now, he, he's a doctor. This is an internist. This is a, this is a legitimate, qualified medical professional. He said all the blood is in the... Why, now, why wouldn't, they, why, wouldn't they mix, why wouldn't they have it labeled black blood? Oh, there's no difference? What? You mean medically there's no difference? Well, they've been telling us there's a difference all these years. But they have all the blood in one place. The only difference in blood, if, and you tell me if I'm wrong, has to do with type. Hmm. That's interesting. So apparently then, God didn't have a problem with Sarah giving her Egyptian maid to Abram, the father of the faithful. Now, here's something that you didn't know, a lot of you. That the word Egypt means Mizraim. I knew that. And Mizraim was one of Ham's sons. Mm -hmm. Let's look at Genesis 10 again. See, all this stuff was in here, and we didn't even realize it. You go look it up, and you'll find out that the word Egypt is the word Mizraim. See, remember, we read it in Psalm 105, 23, that Jacob dwelt in the land of what? Ham. And Mizraim was Ham's son. And the word Mizraim translates out from Hebrew to English as Egypt. That's why it was called the land of Ham. Mm -hmm. Look at this, Genesis chapter 10, verse 6. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. We could say it this way. The sons of Ham were Cush and Egypt. You didn't know that. That's why it's called the land of Ham, the land of black. They didn't tell us that. Now go to Genesis 25. 25th chapter of Genesis.
Mizraim was the second son of Ham. And the word Mizraim means Egypt. They've tried every way they could to try to make us think that Egypt was white. There were some white invasions later on in history, but when Egypt was first founded, it was founded after the Tower of Babel and the nations and languages were confused and they were spread out. And that's where Mizraim went. That's where Ham's sons went into the part of Africa called Egypt. And it was called Mizraim. Mm -hmm. The land of black. All right. Now, Genesis 25. Verse 1. Abram, or Abraham, again took a wife. And her name was Keturah. And she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan begot Sheba and Dedan. Uh-oh, look like I heard them names before. Uh-oh, did I, did I, what? That sounds in, that, don't that sound familiar to you? Jokshan begot Sheba and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Ashurim, Letushim, and Laumim. And the sons of Midian were Ephah, Ephor, Hanok, Abida, and Eldah. All these were the children of Keturah. And Abram, Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, but Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. Now, go back to verse 3. Well, I'll actually go, go back to verse 1. Abram, Abraham begot, or Abraham took a wife and her name was Keturah, and she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan, or Jokshan, begot Sheba and Dedan. Now, we don't know that much about Keturah. There is not that much that's said about her. Abraham had more children by this woman than she had by Hagar and Sarah. Six nations came out of her, out of Keturah. Since we cannot find the genealogy of Keturah in the Bible, we will have to trace her lineage through the names of her descendants. Now, look at Genesis 25 again, verse 3. It says that Jokshan begot Sheba and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Ashuram, Letushim, and Leumin. Jokshan was the second child of Keturah, so Sheba and Dedan were grandchildren of Abraham and Keturah. Now these two grandchildren possess names that belong to Cushites or black people. Look at Genesis 10 again. We got to go back to it again. Look at it again. Verse 6. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. In all honesty, we must note the fact that Cush, Ham's firstborn, was never cursed. Nor was Mizraim. Nor was Put. Only Canaan. If you remember the story, Noah pronounced a curse on Canaan, not on Cush, not on Mizraim, and not on uh, Put. Only Canaan, the fourthborn, was cursed. It is further necessary to consider the fact that Cush. Oh, that Cush in the Bible 
means Ethiopia. I wonder what color the folks are in Ethiopia. Black all day. So that goes to show us that there was no such thing as a curse of black. In other words, God didn't curse anybody with black color because these other boys were not cursed. Only Canaan was cursed. So if his curse was black, then how did the other boys get black? And how could they be Ethiopians and Ethiopians are black? Excuse me? Yes, Cush means Ethiopia. Now, saints, let me interrupt right here. I'm not sure why, doc, why Dr. Price did not mention it, but Canaan wasn't even cursed. Noah was drunk when he said it, because if you continue to read and follow the lineage of Canaan, his land was, was blessed. It was flowing with milk and honey, and you won't hear about anything any curse associated with Canaan, none, none. So that was not to be taken seriously when Noah turned around and cursed Canaan for what Ham did. So, I mean, you can't curse what God didn't bless. And God had blessed Ham, his brothers, and their children, and their children's children. So let's resume. Or Cush, or Ethiopia was the father of the black races of the world. It was never cursed. Now, go back to Genesis 10 again and look at the seventh verse this time. The sons of Cush, remember Cush was not cursed. The sons of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Sapta, Reamah, and Sapteca. And the sons of Reamah were Sheba and Dedan. In this verse, Sheba and Dedan are described as being from the Cushite line. Since that is the case, then we can safely conclude that the Sheba and Dedan we read of in the descendants of Keturah were also Cushites, meaning black. Now, this is indeed strange because Abraham was from the lineage of Shem. The natural question at this time is what are these Cushites doing in a Shemite family? <laughs> the only conclusion is that Abraham must have married into a Cushite family. Amen. Through his wife, Keturah. It's also of interest to note the fact that God Almighty never, say never, never. Say, say, say never, 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 never scolded or got on Abraham's case for marrying into this Cushite family. Apparently, God is not opposed to interracial marriage. Interethnicity marriage. The question is, are you? And if you are, why would you be when it doesn't matter to Almighty God who is the one that created you? So Israelites and Egyptians, they married into each other. So those are interracial marriages, mixed marriages. Again, I'm not promoting interracial marriage. I'm simply saying, why do people have a problem with it? I asked this before, earlier on in the series, but, but, but these things are important. Go to Leviticus chapter 24. Love what? <laughs> Leviticus 24, and I want to give you another illustration of the fact that God, our Father, doesn't have and didn't have 
a problem with interracial marriages. He keeps on revealing it to us in the Bible. And if this information had been given to the church in the beginning, we would have never had a problem with superiority or inferiority. Satan very cleverly kept that true from people. Blew up their egos by making them think they were something more important than they were. And made others feel like they were not as important as they should have been. Now watch this, Leviticus 24. Look at verse 10. It says, Now the son of an Israelite woman. What kind of woman? I said, what kind of woman? Now the son of an Israelite woman whose father was an Egyptian went out among the children of Israel and this Israelite woman's son and a man of Israel fought each other in the camp. But the issue that I wanted you to get that God very cleverly puts in here is that now the son of an Israelite woman now, it looks like the issue here is that two boys who were sons of somebody got in a fight. That looked like that's the real the story here. Somebody think these guys got in a fight. Why tell us that one was an Israelite and one was an Egyptian? Different tribes. These are the kind of things that Christians read and just miss. Don't even pay any attention to them. And that's why they swallow the lies, all these lies that have been perpetrated against people down through the years because they wouldn't read it. It's right there. God, I mean, over and over again, God is letting you know he doesn't have a problem. Look at this now. Now the son, now the son of an Israelite woman whose father was an Egyptian. That's a mixed marriage. And they were in the camp. Now, in Genesis... Now, I, I'm, I, I see my, my time. I'm not finished yet, but I'm not going to have enough time to go over all of this. But I, I just want to throw this out as a little bait because I'm not going to be able to get into it. But we're going to find out. Have you ever read the book of Revelation? And uh, it talks about the 12 tribes of Israel that 144,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel, 12,000 from the tribe of so-and-so, do you know that one of those tribes is the black tribe? And we have never known this. They didn't tell us this. One of the 12 tribes of Israel is a black tribe. Now, I haven't got time to go into it. I just want that's just some bait. All right, go to Genesis chapter 41. I like, wonder, wonder, are we, are we in there? Huh, we're one of the tribes. We are one of the tribes of Israel. And they have hidden this from us. You somebody, y'all are mentioned in the book of Revelation. Mm. All right. In Genesis chapter 41, and look at verse 45. It says, and Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephnah Paania, and he gave him as a wife Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Now Joseph came out of who? Jacob, Israel, right? He married an Egyptian because he was in Egypt at this time. So his wife was Egyptian 
and he was a Shemite. So that was an interracial marriage. Joseph had two sons by Asenath, Manasseh and Ephraim. Mm -hmm. Look at the 50th verse of that same 41st chapter. Verse 50 through 52. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of on, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil, all my father's house, and all my father's house. Verse 52, and the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has called me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Now, Manasseh and Ephraim became leaders of Jewish tribes sent to spy out the land of Canaan. Mm -hmm. Turn to Numbers chapter 13. Now, this is historical, I'll tell you. The truth. This is history lesson, but it's good history because I'm in it. And brother, sister, if you're not interested in history that you're in, you did. Now, saints, that's the end of this episode. Now, I was going to end it this week, but I'm I'm sure I, I am going to get emails and messages saying, hey, I want to hear more about this because that's what happened to me as I continue to listen. But there's only maybe three episodes left um, for this entire series. It ends with the next three episodes. And so what I'm going to do next week, I'm going to start my series um, that's entitled A Faith That Surpasses All Understanding. I will start my mini series. It will be about three episodes, but I'm going to start it next week and then the following week resume with Dr. Price. And then the week after that, I will do my second episode. And then the following week, I will resume with Dr. Price until we complete his whole series. It's only about maybe three or four episodes left from the race, religion and racism series. And like I mentioned earlier, if you want to purchase the entire race, religion and racism series, you can go to faithdome.org, click on the store section. And then type in race, religion, and racism. And everything associated with that series will pop up, which includes the three books of race, religion, and racism, the CDs, and the DVDs. And uh, you can purchase what you want. You don't have to purchase the entire series at once. You can um, purchase some of them. And then uh, some of the, the other episodes later on down the line, however you choose to purchase it. But I can tell you it's well worth the purchase. I can't. This was epic. It put Dr. Price on the map. He didn't care about the notoriety. He was being interviewed by every major news outlet in the world. And he said the same thing and over, over and over and over that black people were lied to. He didn't bite his tongue. He wasn't worrying about nobody killing him. He wasn't worrying about anything. And I remember him saying, when he was being interviewed, if God can't protect one of his ministers, well, then nobody can be protected and nobody put a hand on Dr. Price because he spoke Bible truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. And with that said, saints, I will see you guys next week as we uh, start my series uh, entitled A Faith That Surpasses All Understanding. I can't wait to share this with you because as Christians, we walk by faith and not by sight. We are supposed to live, breathe, and sleep faith. So I can't wait to get that started. So until next time, saints, I want you to walk in love no matter what. I know it's difficult because I struggle sometimes, but it brings me back to the scriptures. Christ walked in love and I want to mimic him. So I will continue to walk in love, be blessed, be healed in the name of Jesus. And I will see you next week. Peace out. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. 
If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign capital D lowercase r capital C lowercase a m a l e capital D and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out.